2: Welcome to Orware's Monday NBA DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle and joined alongside me once again is Ben Miller. Ben, we've seen a lot of Twitter engagement the last week or so. Whether it be by injuries or just because laziness, I don't really know. But we've been tweeting out our lineups towards the end. uh, Well, really when the games are starting to tip off. Yeah. Around 7 7 o'clock Eastern Time tip off. I've seen a lot of Twitter engagement. I know that you kind of have too. So I think that's going to be a process we do moving forward so you can follow me at jb fantasy sports and of course you can follow ben at the best road aware twitter handle really around ben man doing work i think that's just probably a good strategy to do moving forward we'll go ahead and read our lineups at the end especially for a slate on monday like today where there isn't a lot of stuff going on i feel like for the most part we know the injuries are going to impact the slate but i still think it's good to let the listeners know if there's any last minute change that we want to do to our lineups, so I think just expect that moving forward, that we will be tweeting out our lineups closer to seven o'clock Eastern Time tip off.
1: Yeah, there's always those last second things that that pop up that you know it could be like a Hassan Whiteside sits out and and you get you know a minimum price guy like Bam Adebayo, so that that changes up lineups a lot. So it's definitely it's definitely nice to get that last second lineup out there for for the users to you know kind of take a look at.
2: And we should point out to the listeners that I did finally win a yes, game yes. against you this week in our our weekly or I guess biweekly competition. I, Mr. 250 struck again. I, I crossed the <laughs> 250 threshold just barely, uh, which feels like it always happens. I swear to God, I set multiple tournament lineups that get over 300 points. But for the reason when we do a competition against each other, right? I'm Mr. 250. So I'm going to keep embracing that until then. But Mr. 250 pulled it out yes. over what ended up being probably one of the worst lineups I've ever seen in my life.
1: I, oh man, yeah. I was in, I was deeply embarrassed <laughs> about how bad the, the the lineup was that I tweeted out at the last second. You know, uh, you know, twenty minutes before tip or whatever. Uh, didn't help that Anthony Davis That's was it, yeah. ejected. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Simmons I think put up like. Just absolute trash. Numbers. Well, and There's I also a couple had guys Simmons too. So yeah,
2: like, yeah. just I'm not, even, I'm not even trying to make fun of you. Obviously, <laughs> I've had some duds in here as well as we yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. Anthony Davis was the big one that he just didn't get very many points for you at all. And then also the fact that we both had Jonathan Simmons, which ended up being his worst game by far in really quite a while that we've been yeah. doing this. It was it was a pretty abysmal one. Also, a guy like Devin Booker who you normally rely on doing great. The suns uh Pistons game on Wednesday last Wednesday went over two hundred and forty I think it was two hundred and forty nine points or close to it two hundred thirty nine yeah, and yet Booker only had twenty two fan uh, fando points like
1: that's just that almost never happens it was for a guy one like of those that. things yeah.
2: right and of course, I was super high on Andre Drummond going against the suns like that's great too he only had thirty five points after I you know messed everything up yeah. on the previous Monday and didn't use him too, so it was just I think it was just a weird. A weird situation overall. Again, Mr. 250 coming on top for the first time, what feels like forever. I want to give a little bit of a shout-out. We've got a lot of user engagement on Twitter, but Ben, you in particular have got one guy that's being overly complimentary. It's like he's not even listening to us. He's just going, instead of going to Stitcher and leaving comments and reviews, he's heading right to the source and going to Twitter.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely give a shout-out to uh, Donnie Berlin. I could be wrong in the last name there. My apologies if it is, but I hope DeRozan uh, kind of went off for you there you know, at that cheap $7,100 price. So um hope you're listening again here, and we can get you another good lineup.
2: Yeah, don't take his advice for, you know, for gold every single time. I think, <laughs> I think
1: clearly the, Mr.
2: 250 is the guy you got to be listening to, but
0: yes, that's fine. True, you've, had, you've
2: had a few good runs lately. I'll give you that. All right, so let's get to Monday's—well, it's going to be an 11-game slate. We've had a lot of 10 games, 8 games, 11-game slate for Monday. I think the first thing to note for when setting your lineups is that you are going to be stacking a team or a game. Now, which game you are going to be stacking is very, very dependent on what you feel like is going to go off. So I'm just going to go through a couple of different matchups, and I want you to pick of those games, you can have two games, who are you going to try to stack more? So I'm looking at Knicks Pacers, Magic Hornets, Sun 76ers, Nets Hawks, Warriors Pelicans, Nuggets Mavericks of those two, which one ones are the most stackability in your opinion for DFS?
1: For me, I mean a couple of those are pretty pretty juicy uh, juicy matchups. I like the Hawks Nets. I mean mm-hmm. it's kind of a, mm-hmm. a battle of bottom dwellers, but that that often is kind of something that you you look for you exactly know, less defense. Um, you, you know you got you got a lot more statistics rolling around there because of that. Um, really like that matchup, and there's some some solid plays there with injuries too, um, so that that helps it even more. And I also like the. Um, the Denver Dallas game, um, I think there's you know with the Jokic Millsap injuries that opens up um, some some minutes for a lot of kind of yeah, not right a lot exactly. of uh,
2: the fifteenth Plumley that's in the NBA right now too
1: yeah a lot of mid tier guys on that team too that should step up um, with some big numbers and in the Mavericks side it's the Mavericks you know it's another pretty bad team. Um, good defense to go up against and also a, a good spot where you can you know kind of grab a couple guys on that team where they're they're going to kind of you know take over the game
2: i think this is a, a fascinating point because i like both of those but those aren't even the ones that i'm going to be targeting for a stackability kind of uh 11 game slate monday i think the knicks pacers has a lot to I me mean, you brought that up a little bit with those injuries but so much so that really Thad Young, Michael Beasley, I mean, both sides of the spectrum, we know Chris Depp's Porzingis will be out with that ankle and he's got an illness going on too. So Michael Beasley in that sense is going to be a good start. He's a 5K price player that is going to be scoring a lot. We've seen that, especially if Tim Hardaway is out and he is out. Yeah, yeah. Even more workload for scoring-wise on Beasley and really you're just looking at getting 15 points. And I think that's an automatic. And the other side of that, a guy like Thad Young too. I don't know, It, it a lot of stinkability factor with those guys. And and as a result, just like your Nets-Hawks game, that's probably going to be for DFS stuff too. Right. And I really think the Suns 76ers is going to be a really good stacking kind of game as well, whether you want to go the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid route, whether you want to go the Booker route. I mean, there's a guy like Alex Len that's going to be out, that's opening up minutes for a lot of those guys, uh, whether it be Tyson Chandler or whatever else. That it, it, I think that, I mean, there's so many different matchups that you're going to go stacking one or two games it's a matter of picking out which one you want to stack,
1: right? And I think that Suns 76ers game is probably the third one on my on my list too that I'd, I'd kind of want to um, stack. And I think you're completely right. It, it's all about you know matchups and and, and you know um, also with the, you know Vegas lines over unders. You know the the more up tempo mm. games. So there's a lot of factors that you can you can take a look at to to kind of you know pick those stacks.
2: I think the other important key when looking at setting your lineups for Monday's eleven game slate, what do you want to do the center spot? We've been You know, kind of campaigning now for a while. Pay down at center. Pay down at center. We might not have more consistent options on the entire 11 game slate than Demarcus Cousins at 11,000 price, and then Joel Embiid at 10,400. Cousins again going against the Warriors. I think that also has some sneaky stackability potential to it, and certainly the RotoWire optimizer likes that. And we'll get to that in a little bit. And then of course I already talked about Embiid and how I think he'll do well if and when Alex Len is eventually ruled out against the Suns. So. Do you want to pay high price for that? Obviously Jokic is out, but that's another near 10,000 guy and then we have Andre Drummond and Carl Anthony Towns. Or do you want to go down to, you know, I I, I mean there's a couple of different options that we could choose from and we'll get to them in a little bit, but I'm thinking guy like Tyson Chandler if Len is out, Robin Lopez going against the, you know, the Cavaliers who aren't always great against center. What's your strategy for this slate in particular? Do you want to pay up at center or do you not Kind of want to do that.
1: I think I'm back on the paying down again. I, I kind of like the cheaper guys on this slate. I get the cousins, you know, and B Drummond type. They're all great. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have um, a ton a ton of points no matter who they're you know usually going up against. I, I still think paying down on this slate is, is the right way to go. I think there's a lot of different options. You mentioned two of them, um, Lopez and Chandler, but I also like the Plumley brothers. Mm-hmm. Both of them, yeah, like, both of them are good. You know, you got Plumley filling in for uh, for Jokic. You know, um, he's going to be starting going up against Dallas, so it's not like that's a, a terrifying matchup or anything. Especially because like Nerlens
2: Noel doesn't seem to get into that any playing time at all.
1: Exactly. Yeah, he's I don't know. He's dealing with some sort of injury, but they also yeah. talked about that he just wasn't putting in the you, time you and did effort. That right.
2: You said injury, and it kind of sounded like quote unquote in your yeah, voice, yeah. and that's exactly
1: what I felt like to me too. Yeah. So that's that's a situation that's interesting. It should help. You know, Plumlee going up against Maxi Kleber or some some dude that I've. <laughs> Honestly, I looked in the lineup one day, I'm like, holy heck, that dude's been starting for like five games. Who is he? Yeah, um, Had no idea. But I like Mason Plumley in that one, and then you got Miles Plumley in one of the games I was talking about stacking the Hawks, mm-hmm. Nets, you know, the Nets aren't fantastic uh, going up against centers, and with, you know, no Collins, no Dedman, Mascala's no Scala, yeah, yeah, so um, that's, a, that's a great opportunity for Plumley. I think he only had 19 minutes the other night, which is very scary. Um but it was only his third game back and you know I think he he was pretty solid in limited action so I could see them you know upping his minutes a bit. I'm not going the Plumlee's route but I can
2: agree with either one of those. I think Ursan Ilyasova has also seen a significant uptake in minutes with that and especially in uh, DFS sites that emphasize three-point shooting I think that Ilyasova becomes an interesting play at the very least. So let's go ahead and get to some of these 11 games that are on Monday's slate. Let's go through some of the injuries. We already talked about the Knicks Pacers as a stackability kind of game. Great that's in large part because Chris Tepp's Porzingis has already been ruled out, meaning Michael Beasley will get the start at the power forward spot. Again, a 5K option that I'm expecting to take on the scoring workload for the Knicks because Tim Hardaway is out. Damian Dotson started the last game, but Dougie McBuckets really got more of the minutes increase because of that. Again, I think Michael Beasley is your prime scorer for the Knicks but do you think, McBuckets like, is going to be a guy that you kind of want to use as a minimum, not, well, kind of close to minimum price dude?
1: Yeah, I definitely looked at him. I considered him. He's a close to minimum. I think he's like 3500 or something like that. Find the small forward spot. Yeah, it's just when you look at his previous numbers, you know, every time he puts up 30 minutes, 27 minutes, he still doesn't really do that much. I don't think he, he has enough of that cross-category action that you're looking for to to validate, you know. Being in you know having enough upside to to be a guy I want. I think you're right with Beasley though. Beasley is the guy that's. I, I remember with the Bucks, every time he came in the game, he was going to be launching shots no matter what. Yeah. So you know, especially without Porzingis and in, in Hardaway, you know that's two of the. I think that's the Knicks' top two scores. So uh, I mean, I have no. It, it's Beasley. It's going to be Beasley going it's out Beasley there and launching. Sure. And I think he had 21 points the last game solid you know you like more little rebounds and assists from him he didn't do too much there but um, definitely a great play at five thousand. I don't think he's going to give you the rebounds
2: assist against the Pacers too again we talk about Thad Young on the other side of that who will likely be covering him for large parts of that game he's a bigger body guy obviously not tall I think Beasley might actually be taller than Thad Young but it's going to be tougher I think to get around and get rebounds maybe some block shots potential What you're going to get is the points. I mean, that's what Beasley's going to give to you. Right. But you look at McDermott, he's played 30 minutes to 29, 29 minutes, respectively, the last two games. Hasn't crossed even 15 th- uh, points. Well, he did once, but he had 17.9 yeah. points the last yeah. game. Even if he gets a ton of minutes, I agree with you. He's not a guy that I'm really that interested in when we're talking about DFS long shots. In fact, we talk about stackability. I really feel like this is not so much a stars and scrubs game, but kind of finding and choosing which of those 5,000, 6,000 guys you really yeah, think will go right. off. That's more important for this 11-game slate, in my opinion.
1: No, I completely agree.
2: No real injuries to note for the Pacers, so we'll move right on to the Magic Hornets, 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Terrence Ross, who has killed me in the uh, 20-team, well, I was going to say stake league, but 20-team auction draft at roto I had him in my lineup last week, and that dropped me already three spots oh boy. in our stuff. Yet. So yeah. we have Jonathan Simmons playing much more. In fact, Ross might be out for not just a couple of weeks, but even a month or two with that knee injury. Simmons is getting more minutes. And of course, the week that we were both on him, or Wednesday we were both on him, he gets a, a good old seven fan duel Yeah, points. unheard of seven. from what he did previously. I, I don't think that's going to be something moving forward, but I will be honest and saying that was the reason he scared me off from playing him this week.
1: Yeah, and I, I definitely considered him again. You know, It's it's hard not to without Terrence Ross there. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not like saying don't play Simmons. I think yeah. I think it is a, a solid play, but I think you're right. It's it's just one of those you burned me in the past. I'm kind of afraid to use you now, type of guy yeah, for us.
2: Absolutely. And again, I think Magic Hornets also is kind of a stackability sort of game that changes a little bit now that we know that Kemba Walker will be playing. Michael Carter Williams is a guy was on Wednesday as someone to fill in for Walker, and he didn't really do all that much. At 7800, though, I'm not going Walker's direction, despite the fact that he will be getting his full workload of minutes. It's a little bit high price for a guy that's been getting around 35 to 30 Fando points and just not something I really want to go with, especially against Alfred Payton, who really is kind of more known as a defensive stalwart. I'm just not I'm not really high. I'm really Payton either, who's also a 7K price point guard, or Walker in this sense. It's either you want to pay up for guys like Steph Curry, who we'll get to, or you want to pay down to the 5K range for point guard.
1: Yeah, it's just this this game overall is just not one that I really have too much stake and I'm I'm not a huge fan of it.
2: No. Sun seventy sixers, so we talked about this already. Alex lens gonna be a game time decision. I was mentioning earlier that I thought he would be out. I stand by that. I think if he plays maybe Embiid is a little less of a chalky play at the ten thousand four hundred range, but I'm still going that route regardless if Len is active or not. If Len's out though, Tyson Chandler, Greg Monroe will handle more of the center mints. I tend to think Monroe gets that, but I mean it could be Chandler too, right?
1: It's it's weird. They've been doing some weird stuff with their rotations. If if Alex Len plays, I'm probably avoiding it because every once in a while they just have a. You know, they, it's like they alternate. Um, you know, guys sitting out for mm-hmm. for rest or whatever. You know, coach's decision. Um, but I, I honestly, you know, both you know Tyson Chandler and Greg Monroe are old dudes. You know, it's not like they're young bodies. So I think they'd probably kind of split the extra minutes from Len being there, and um, that worries me a little bit too.
2: Um, I think we'll see Greg Monroe's minutes bump up more as we get closer to the trade deadline as they're trying to showcase him. Because he's not, I mean, Tyson Chandler is old. He's an old man. Monroe isn't quite there yet. I understand what you're saying as far as he's a little bit on the older side. I think he's closer to 30 than, obviously, his mid-20s or whatever. But I, I think that you'll see Monroe's minutes trend upwards as we get closer to the trade deadline. We are still a vast majority of the ways away from that so that's mid-february or so and we got we got some time so uh on the 76ers side i think this is a semi-intriguing injury in itself t.j mcconnell game time decision with the shoulder obviously we know ben simmons is gonna be taking most of the workload but when Simmons is out, and he will be out at times, he's only yeah, getting yeah. around 30 to 35 minutes a game, Jared Bayless might have to step in. The Suns allow the most FanDuel or second most FanDuel points to the point guard spot overall. I think Bayless actually could be kind of an intriguing play if you really did want to do a Stars and Scrubs lineup.
1: I, I'm intrigued. I am. I'd definitely be terrified to use him. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tournament play guy only. Yes. Um He's 4000 the other day. He's down to 3600 I mean, that's a near minimum price guy for... You know, someone who's going to get nearly 30 minutes. So um, I think he had 26 last game and 32 the the, the game prior. So that's a ton of minutes for, for a near minimum price guy. Definitely something you can take a risk on. Um, he's had a couple twenty-seven, twenty-six, fan point nine. So nights, I mean, um, so and that's almost solid. come,
2: come yeah. exclusively off of scoring. You kind of think of Jared Bayless, and I don't always think of it as a scorer. I know he can kind of three point shooter, so to speak. Yeah, I would have thought the assist would be the bigger part of that, and that really hasn't been the case. So if you're putting Bayless in your lineup, you're expecting him to get some points, which against the Suns, I do anticipate that to be the case. Even with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and everyone else, I think Bayless could score. It's just a matter of how much will he score in order to make do on that 3600 price tag? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we talked about the Nets-Hawks again. That's another one that I kind of point out. A lot of injuries to note for the Hawks' side. Mike Muscala, Johns Collins, uh, John Collins, and Dwayne Debman all going to be out. Luke Babbitt is probable. He could see more of the minutes with all those guys above him already out. Urson Ilyusova we mentioned already, and then one of the Plumleys we already haven't mentioned too. I was,
1: yeah, the Miles they're all They're, just, they're all <laughs> the Plumleys. It's
2: just all the Plumleys. I I mean, that's why I call them for the Nuggets one, and the Hawks one, it's just all the Plumleys. So... I don't know. I I know you're kind of high on that. I'm staying away from it unless I really really want to go the Ilyasova rock.
1: Yeah, that trio of Ilyasova, Babbitt and and Plumley all kind of, you know, intrigue me a little bit. Um I think it's Ilyasova and Plumley more than more than Babbitt, although um I think he could be a solid play. I, I, I do. I I, st- I think it's just such a good situation because there's so many guys out. Like these guys have to log huge minutes, mm-hmm. and um, it's not like any of them are you know crazy priced. Ilyasova is probably the most expensive of all of them. Um, Plumlee's near minimum. I think it's it's a solid situation. You know, if you're looking for a salary break at you know power forward or or center.
2: That Nets Hawks next. I'm sorry. That Nets Hawks game is a 7:30 Eastern Time tip off, along with the Bucks and Celtics. No real injuries to note for the Boston side. Obviously. Guys like Gordon Hayward will be out for extended periods of time. We know that. On the Bucs side of things, really only Matthew Vidova is their major injury. He will be out with the knee. Moving over to the Cavaliers' Bulls, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We know Isaiah Thomas is getting closer to his return. He isn't there yet, though. Shumpert will be out, and we know Derek Rose has now made it to the practice facility. He's yeah, talking yeah. to a couple of the officials at the Cavaliers' place, but he's also out, too. And Tristan Thompson, calf injury or he's a game-time decision. Really hoping for a return later this week. I'm not anticipating he plays yeah, against yeah. the Bulls, especially Bulls of all teams. I'm not really... Don't need to rush Tristan Thompson back for that. So that means guys like Jose Calderon are going get, to still get those minutes yet. I'm not on the Calderon train. I know the Bulls stink. They're just horrible, and they definitely are horrible at the guard spot overall. I'm not going Calderon anymore. I think he's kind of priced too high for me at this point
1: yeah so many other playmakers on that team that you know Calderon really just comes in as a game manager kind of get those guys the ball so I, I don't like his his prospects Well, all. I
2: should say he's actually at 3,500 so he's not priced too high but I just I'm not I don't know I, I roll yeah. with that initially and I feel especially for today's 11 game slate I don't really care to do the stars and scrubs thing I want to try to get um, more floor in my lineup that has some intriguing ceiling to it if that makes sense yeah yeah and I think that Calderon is just providing a ceiling and that's it. There is, there is not a good floor that I feel utilize.
1: I completely agree. It's just, it just doesn't do enough scoring, you know, to be a guy that you can consider.
2: Uh, Laurie marketing could get a few more minutes now. If Bobby Portis is a game time decision. Well, he is a game time decision, but if he's out with the arm injury marketing could be a guy that gets a few more minutes. He's another, not mid-price, but a little higher mid-price power forward option that you could use in your lineup. Again, in leagues that emphasize three-point shooting, I think he has much more value. But at least in FanDuel purposes, I felt like I had to either pay down at small forward or a power forward, I should say, or pay all the way up. I did not want to go in the in between route.
1: Yeah, and Markinen, I would like I I'd like him if he was like fifty five hundred. Yeah, you know, if he, now that he's sixty six hundred, it's it's kind of pushing it. You know, he's yeah. still a guy that kind of hovers in the mid twenties a lot. Mm-hmm. A little too much for someone that's at sixty six hundred. Um, you're right. You know, with Portis and, and I, I assume Miritich is going to sit out. Um, and Portis, if he that, I could see, you know, Mark Hannon getting like thirty four minutes, which would be would would be nice. You know, I just I just still don't like the price.
2: I not against the Cavaliers too.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I just
2: that one to me screams I don't want LeBron James in my lineup, given he's a twelve thousand price guy. I think this is the time where the Cavs blow out the Bulls. They pull out some of yeah. the guys, especially at the start of the week. They got a couple more games on the schedule for this week. This really feels like a all right, we're gonna have our guys playing maybe third quarter type of deal.
1: Yeah, no, I, could, I think you're right about that. It's the Bulls. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're garbage. <laughs> Timberwolves,
2: uh, Grizzlies, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Sorry to cut you off. No, you, you're good. I know you just like to gush about LeBron James so much. But that's true. we got to move on to this. I really just kind of wanted to set it up so you could say my, your boy's name at this point. You have his name down way more
1: than I do. I'm not sure about the first name, I'll be honest. Nemanja no, Bielitza. No, you just say the last name. Bielitsa.
2: Yeah, Bielitsa is all you need. He's <laughs> one of those players that you just say Bielitsa and that's it.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. That's it. I, you I, know, who I, I kind of set myself is. up for failure on that one, right? Exactly.
2: Come <laughs> on. So, Bielitsa is going to be game time decision with a foot injury. Uh, if he is out, Taj Gibson or Yang get more minutes at the power forward spot. We were kind of on Taj Gibson last week. He did okay, not great. He did okay. And I think with Bielitsa, if you were out again, I would feel okay about Gibson, not so much Gore Yang. But at the same time. The Grizzlies have always been a pretty good defense, especially in that Western Conference. We know that Mike Conley, Wayne Seldom, Chandler Parsons, Brandon Wright will all be out. At The same time, I'm not really confident using many people, even though guys like Andrew Wiggins have been scoring machines for the Timberwolves as of late.
1: Yeah, Gibson, you I know, mean, he's going up against Jermichael Green and Gasol in that front court, so I don't, I don't think there's much you really like there. You know, those guys are going to you know soak up the rebounds, uh, and that's that's a lot. You know, that, which helps Gibson's floor usually is that you know double digit rebound potential. Um, I think you're right. I think some of those guys you mentioned I think Wiggins could be solid in this matchup. I don't know if you know, with with so many injuries on Memphis, I don't know if they really have the you know, the the power to really defend those guys that well evans is
2: that bad of a defender though
1: right right i mean it depends on who he's guarding too you know he's playing point guard right now for for memphis so it's kind of a mashup there i
2: just don't anticipate evans on teague but at the same time wiggins is taller that's and you're right the evans kind of came into the league as a dual point guard shooting guard threat maybe it's a situation where he's not covering you know wiggins and i think wiggins as a result could be a guy that at least at 6500 i liked him i didn't put him in there because again i'm looking for a known a known floor but a higher ceiling if that makes sense yeah i I didn't think wiggins necessarily provided that so we'll we'll, i mean we could we could definitely tinker around and find ways to get wiggins in there but i just don't think he's like the high quality option i want
1: no i mean i I don't hate the play um i think you're right though there's some limitations with what he can provide you just because he's you know solely a scorer absolutely
2: warriors pelicans on our eight o'clock eastern time tip off i talked about this before it's kind of a sneakily stacking game especially with anthony davis already ruled out with the groin injury dante cunningham He's priced appropriately given Anthony Davis was officially ruled out only it feels like a couple of hours ago we're doing this recording as of around eleven forty on Monday. I'm not high on Cunningham, but you could talk me into it. I'm just I think that the Pel or the Pelicans are gonna be running through Demarcus Cousins, Demarcus Cousins only. Yeah, yeah. And Cunningham's just kind of a side piece. If it was anybody but the Warriors I would feel a little bit more confident against it. But we're looking at a guy like Draymond Green covering him. Even, you know, Zaza Pachulia at times, they could kind of put him on there as well. I don't think Cunningham's going to go off, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm just off on this altogether.
1: I considered him, I did, but then, you know, when you, when you look at the last game, he only played 14 minutes, which really made no sense at all. He had, I mean, he was super, super effective in that 14 minutes. He had like 8 points, 12 boards, so he had 25 handle points in 14 minutes, which is crazy. Right. And you have to think, you know, that sort of production would give him, you know, a minutes bump mm-hmm. um, going into this game, so I think that's why I considered him. I, you know, I figured he'll play over 20 minutes. I would hope um, so. <laughs> but at the same time, Davis didn't play last game, and, it, and I was looking at their box score, and it looks like Darius Miller was the guy that they... Kind of ran everything through. He had like 30 minutes almost. He's a younger guy.
2: That's one of those um, where I wish I could have watched the game fill and seen how yeah, it trans out. Because right. if you look at the box and you're like, wait, uh, he got over, he got double digit rebounds in 15 minutes or whatever. How, how is he not playing more? Yeah. So I wonder if it was a foul trouble kind of thing or whatever else. This might be one of those. If you're just cruising through, you don't want to watch. The Monday Night Football game, uh, which, how dare you? That's a pretty good one, Steelers-Bengals. <laughs> but if you don't want to watch Monday Night Football game, if you don't want to watch WWE, which is what I'm going to be doing, I know you... Know I, I probably will not be tuning into that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. Maybe you kind of watch what happens with the Pelicans-Warriors. I anticipate that Anthony Davis misses multiple games. Yeah. And at least for DFS purposes, maybe Cunningham kind of sneaks in there as your mid-tier option that you feel util- utilizing each and
1: every week when Davis is out. Yeah, if you're feeling risky... He's a guy you can consider. He is near near minimum priced.
2: Well, I mentioned Pachulia is a guy that could cover him, but he is a game-time decision with the shoulder injury, but we have a whole quartet of players for the Warriors that are likely to play. Obviously, we are talking quite a bit about Kevin Durant, Steph Curry last week as guys that could be out. Curry's going to be probable to play at the hand injury. Durant, obviously, going to be another high-priced small four that you can feel comfortable using. Andre Guadal is a probable knee guy. He's I expect him to play. Uh, Sean Livingston, you know, he got that technically he got ejected from the game. I don't think he's going to get suspended for getting in the face of the official, but it feels like people are getting a little bit uh, trigger-happy with these ejections, and I wonder if that doesn't factor into Livingston's minutes.
1: I'll be honest. I didn't even see the Livingston
2: thing. Oh, he he looked like he was trying to make out with the official. He got into his face (laughs) that time. They're about ready to smooch Oh boy! in between their yelling. You know, in fact, I'm glad I didn't see that. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that even if Livingston were to be healthy, I'm not sure that he's going to be a guy that obviously we're not using for DFS because Steph Curry is going to be playing. And so long as Curry is playing, I'm not really using Livingston as anything more than a guy that may be in a four or five game slate. Right. You have to utilize. Yeah. So um, I feel okay about Cunningham. Not great. You could talk me into it, like I said. But I'm not... I think there's probably some other mid-tier options at Power Forward I want to use instead.
1: Yeah. No, that's completely understandable.
2: Nuggets, Mavericks, 8.30 Eastern time tip-offs. We know that Jokic is going to be out some more. Mason Plumlee at center, Wilson Chandler. The back injury, more uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez, and Will Barton have kind of benefited from that, too. We already know Paul Millsap will be out for an extended time as well. So there's a lot of minutes for Kenneth Faree, a lot of minutes for Plumlee, maybe more for Will Barton. Maybe this opens up everything, kind of slides everyone out, so like a guy like Jamal Murray might get some more minutes too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I get, I get confused at times. Dennis Smith is not a defensive stalwart. No. He's going to be scoring, I think, against the Nuggets. If you look at both sides of the thing, Jamal Murray, Dennis Smith, I like both as 5K priced options at point guard. But I just get confused how they want to use a guy like Will Barton, who we know can score but doesn't always get the minutes.
1: I think Will Barton is a guy I consider almost every time, you know, with Millsap and and Jokic, just because of how effective he is when he gets those huge, you know, big minutes. I like him better than Hernan Gomez, I'll definitely say that. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like Barton half the time, you know, more than half the time plays more minutes than Hernan Gomez even though he's been the guy that's starting. Um, I'll be honest, I I like almost every player on this Nuggets team. Like I <laughs> I just keep looking at I I like Murray, I like Gary Harris. Those guys have been yeah. putting up big numbers without Jokic and, and Millsap in there. And then I start thinking, you know, Mills or, uh, Barton's going to start getting more minutes, obviously, too. I like him. Plumlee's filling in. I like him. It's just I like too many of these guys on this lineup. That's so this why is, this, is this is the is stackability stack, guy. This is yeah. your
2: this is your stackability one, for yes, sure. Yes, definitely. I'm looking at Barton's minutes, 28, 35, 31, 17. And that really kind of... Uh, I was going to say pixelates that's not the right word either but that really does showcase what we're looking at for DFS. He's a great tournament play. Yeah. I don't really feel great about him in cash game lamps. given he's 7300 and I like two guys below him price-wise. I'm not going that route. But again, tournament play, you're going to get that really high ceiling potential that a lot of people are looking for mm-hmm. myself included. I just I'm not doing that this go around. Yeah. yeah. I know it's the Mavericks. I understand the matchup and everything else. Just not not testing it out. Um Orleans Noel, we talked about him already. Not a huge DFS guy because he's not part of the rotation, but he is a game-time decision with the, th- the thumb injury. And Seth Curry, on the other hand, is out some more Dennis Smith. The Pistons Spurs, 8.30 Eastern time tip-off. Really note, really only notable, notable injury, I should say, for the Pistons is John Luehr. He will be out with an ankle injury And the other side of things. Spurs, Kyle Anderson, likely out after suffering injury on Sunday, so probably more Rudy Gay. I think that kind of solidifies Gay as a 30-plus-minute guy. Whether you want to use him or not, that's a different matter entirely. We know Kyle Leonard is not yet back, correct? Yeah. So it's still going to be kind of more of the Rudy Gay, Lamarcus Aldridge type of offense for the Spurs.
1: Yeah, I know Gay's got that heel injury as well. He missed the last game, but if he plays, I think it's a guy you definitely consider. I mean, he's going to see pretty big minutes without Anderson in there. You know, he's the only he's he's the best guy coming off the bench right now for them. So um, I could definitely see Gay seeing you know around thirty minutes after you know sitting out the last few. That is. Because I'm thinking the heel injury is not really a heel injury. I think that's yeah, more of him being rested. A, gotcha. If it's an actual heel injury and he's hurting, then that might worry me a little bit more.
2: Well, we're, we're seeing a similar pattern because Tony Parker and LaMarcus Aldridge missed, missed Sunday's game with rest stuff too. So they're going to be back. We know they're playing. Yeah. Yep. You know, I don't think the Pistons are a team I really want to target right now. Is defensive. They've been pretty good defensively this season. I yeah, think yeah. that's kind of in part why they are in contention for one of the top spots in the Eastern Conference as a whole. I think that Rudy Gay is a. It, Kind of like it just, a, I don't I don't feel great about it. I don't know how else to say this. Don't feel great about playing him against the Pistons squad, not, nevertheless,
1: too. Yeah, he's a guy the optimizer kind of loved at the start of this year. I think it's scaled back a little bit more. um But when he's sitting at 4,800, that's not a horrible price. You yeah, know, if, I agree. If with Anderson you, but is out for a while,
2: these are 19, 22, 23, 25. Those are the last four games yeah. that Gay has played. Those are the minutes he's getting. I, I understand at 4,800, and I also understand with Kyle Anderson out, he probably has to see a bit of an uptick. And I should note that in each one of those games I just mentioned, he did get over 20 FanDuel points. So we're looking at five, six times value. That's not a bad option. I just don't, I don't know. There's nothing, I don't, I don't, it's not screaming to me. I like a guy like Kelly Uberay at 4,900. I'll take him over gay in most circumstances in this instance here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Last game in the 11 game slate, uh, Wizards Jazz, nine o'clock Eastern time tip off. We know that John Wall course will still be out with that knee injury Rudy Gobert he's trending upwards he's upgraded to a game time decision he did do some light practicing yesterday with that knee injury do you expect him to play
1: I don't I think he's he's on the super early side of things to begin with I think he had a three to something I thought it was like four to eight four to eight yeah and it's only been like three weeks so I agree with you who knows what a light practice is that was probably him just jogging up and down the court or something (laughs) Um, I really don't think he'll play I don't
2: if he does would you feel confident using him? He's Definitely like, not. He's so Absolutely high not. priced. He's yeah. right up there. At, I think at eighty eight hundred right now. I'm not. I'm not going that direction. I know that uh, Gortat has been a bit of a fantasy re- uh, renaissance, so to speak, for him personally. But they also allow a lot uh, of Fanduel points in yeah. the center spot. I'm not going that Gobert route, even if he is active.
1: Yeah, I'd, I, personally, I'm just avoiding him for at least the first three or four games that he plays. He's one of their you know best pieces. They're mm-hmm. going to be as you know, cautious as possible with him in his minutes early on. So I'm not, I'm not touching him.
2: Joe Johnson will be out with a wrist injury. Rodney Hood, though, is a game time decision with the ankle. If he misses time, we've seen a lot of Alec Burks kind of emerge as a sneaky DFS asset. We already know plenty about Donovan Mitchell as a scoring threat. And of course, we have uh, Thabo Savalosha kind of hanging around in the background that seems to play a litany of different positions for that Jazz team. Would a guy like Burks be someone that you feel confident using given... Uh, Rodney Hood out because I kind of I'm I'm a little bit intrigued. I understand the Jazz don't score very much. I understand what kind of game style this will be against the Wizards, but I'm not necessarily turned off. If
1: if the last two games are any indication of what Burks can do, yes, he's definitely got you got to consider. He had 38 Fanduel points and then 53.9 in the previous one Um, for a guy that's 4800. That's some upside there um so i you can't discount that I, he's definitely got to give a look especially shooting guard sucks trying to <laughs> trying to you know pay down for this there's, right. there's, there's yes. so many times where you you look at the lower tier shooting guards like okay this is a barn wasteland like i can't i can't deal with this um i i'm always stuck paying up for shooting guard almost every time so this would be a nice change of pace i for, think for that, that he can you know pay down
2: for not him. coincidentally he's seen his two highest minute thresholds of the entire season 29 against the clippers I think earlier last week in the Pelicans, he had a 31-minute game. And again, 38.1 Fando points, 50.9 Fanduel points in the last two games. I think if Rodney Hood plays, you really can't use Burks. I think if Rodney Hood is out, you could probably squeeze him into your lap and expect something like 30 Fando points, and you're getting pretty darn good value on that. I will note that he has gotten two steals in four of the last five games. and While I think that should say some consistency, it's tough to always rely on somebody getting a bunch of steals, especially two in four of the last five games. Yeah, to me, that yeah. seems like one of those things where you can't always count on that. And as a result, that's kind of a big part of why he's getting so many Fanduel points.
1: Yeah, no, definitely agree. And, and Mitchell, you know, we talked. You mentioned him as well. His price is definitely up there now. He's seventy yes. five hundred, but the dude's been producing. Um, I, I'm not against using him as you know either if Hood and those guys still sit out. And
2: we'll get to the reason why I'm not down for that. There are a lot of uh, higher tier shooting guard priced players. That are all interesting yeah. and all right around there. And this kind of goes back to which matchups you want to stack necessarily, because I think that that's where really your allegiance will lie when it comes to these shooting yard spots. So let's quickly go over the RotoWire Optimizer lineup and then we'll get to ours. Of course, remember, we'll be tweeting out our official lineups closer to 7 o'clock Eastern time tip off. Uh, but here's the RotoWire Optimizer lineup. It's all on board the Wizards Pelicans stack. And when I say all on board, I really the mean Warriors. It. I'm sorry, yeah, Warriors, Warriors Pelicans stack. Yeah, Steph Curry, 9,900 if he's playing. Obviously, we think he is. He's probable. That's a very interesting option because the Pelicans allow a lot of Fanduel points to that point guard spot overall. Ricky Rubio is the other point guard that the optimizer likes at 5,100 against the Wizards. Kent Bazemore, at 5,600 against the Hawks, and Nicholas Patum, 5,500 against the Magic are the two shooting guards the optimizer lineup loves. And of course, all board the Warriors stack here. Kevin Durant, ten thousand four hundred and Andre Iguodala at 3,800 are the two small forward options for the RotoWire Optimizer lineup, and we continue the trend with Draymond Green against the Pelicans at 8,000. And we have Derek Favors now priced very high given Gobert's injury at 7,600 against the Wizards. Rounding out the RotoWire Optimizer lineup is Kylo Quinn, your boy, the guy that you've been kind of relying on the last couple of weeks. And with Kristaps Porzingis out, he still might see around 20 to 25 minutes. He's priced at 3,900 against the Pacers. I think that's an interesting one. But overall, I think the roadway optimizer lineup is way, way, way too high in this Warriors Pelican stack.
1: I don't even know what to think. Like, the first second I looked at this, I'm like, what the heck? I want to like it. I do. Like, I look at it, I'm like, okay, you know, I think this might be good. And then I keep thinking about it. I'm like, no.
2: No. No, I can't do this. No.
1: I don't It's just the wrong game. I think you don't want to stack that game.
2: I don't understand because we both have 10,000 plus guys in our lineup, and you have one guy that's under 4,000. I don't have any. Yeah. And yet we were able to get those. And how are we putting Andre Iguodala in there? I think it's really to open up the savings for Derek Favors, who I'm not really a fan of. I understand the Draymond Green love, but I'm not, I'm not going that direction either. Steph Curry, I also get that too. Fine. Yeah. But just no, I'm I'm not on board with that optimizer lineup at no, all. No,
1: and, and do the Pelicans stay close without Anthony Davis? I'm not sure on See, that. Yeah, I think they do.
2: I think it's going to be a closer game at least to the point where they can't take him out.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe it ends up being a double digit
2: whip on the yeah, Warriors yeah. and that's fine, but I think that this is easily going to be a 113 to 102 kind of game and if that's the case Cousins is definitely getting a double double. I think it's no doubt in my
1: mind. Yeah, and if without Zaza Pachulia especially, I think you know Draymond Green's going to be matched up against him, that's a little bit of a size difference. Um I still I can't yeah. I can't get behind you know using that many guys from this game.
2: Well, let's go ahead and get to our lineups. Obviously, I think you're going to be able to see a bit of a trend as far as some stackability. My lineup, your lineup, not so much the case. You kind of are picking and choosing from a different from some different games. So we'll kind of get to that here. And again, of course, one last reminder: we will be tweeting out our lineups close to the seven o'clock Eastern Time tip off. With that being said, you have Steph Curry in your lineup. You're not worried at all about the hand injury. You're not worried at all about the Pelicans and potential to blow them out. Ninety nine hundred. This is your second highest priced guy in your lap.
1: Yeah, you know, right after I say I'm avoiding <laughs> that matchup, I will. I just like I love Steph Curry's price, I and mean, they keep pricing him in the nine thousands. I think that's fantastic for he's what he's
2: one hundred off of. I mean,
1: 10, I, I'd be fine with ten thousand too. It's it's just his upside. Don't make it sound is, like he's ninety one hundred. Is almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's basically there. Ninety nine hundred is almost ninety one hundred. That's, that's just like nine
3: thousand. <laughs> no difference.
1: Um, no, I mean the Pelicans give up the fifth most points to point guards. Um, hand, hand injury. He's been. You, you know, the issue's been there for like the last two weeks. You know, I, I don't think that's really an issue. Um, I think it's a solid play. I, really, I, I
2: don't. I don't disagree with you. I do think he's okay, and especially I believe that this will be a close game, close enough game where Steph Curry's going to have to be in there. There really isn't a lot of point guards that we like. There's one guy, I think, that we're both on, Jamal Murray at 5,600. He is my biggest value play at the point guard spot overall, and I feel confident, especially given all the injuries that they have, that they're going to have to rely on Murray, especially against Dennis Smith and the Mavericks team. It just isn't that good. So I feel good there. I don't know another direction to go for point guard. I put an Eric Bledsoe at 7,000. Again, talking about that, I want the ceiling that's kind of higher, but a floor that's safe. And against the Celtics, I understand they're a pretty good defensive team overall. Maybe one of their biggest weaknesses is at that point guard spot with Kerry Irving covering there. I think Bledsoe is important enough to that Bucks offense. I feel good about him getting about 30 to 35 Fandle points. And we've seen Curry at times get to that as well. He's only scored 30 to 35 Fandle points. And that's where it's like, okay, this is a 3,000 savings for a guy that I think could get kind of close to that. I'm gonna go that Bledsoe route. But I also understand the risks that are involved with the Celtics team.
1: Yeah, that, that one's tough for me to try and get behind. I I think the matchup just scares me too much where I, I don't want to use him. You know, seven thousand isn't a horrible price. Right. So that's, that's pretty solid for Bledsoe, but I just I don't like it. I I just can't get behind that. Murray though. I'm definitely on yeah. board with Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's one of those guys, him and Gary Harris are a couple of guys who's been really picking up, you know, the offensive slack without Millsap and Jokic. I think Murray had 42.8 Vandal points on Saturday. Um, you know, he's a rookie. So there's going to be inc- no, he's no, not. He's, I not. He's, that a he's a second year, year yeah, player. i yeah, yeah. um, still young, though. There's going to be some inconsistencies. God, could you imagine obviously.
2: if they drafted a rookie with all those other guys they have, like Gary Harris, yeah. Will Barton and everything else? They also drafted a rookie. Yeah, no, he's definitely a second year player. Yeah, but he's
1: young and Absolutely. you can definitely expect some inconsistencies there. Do I necessarily think he's going to have forty two point eight Fanduel points? I don't know, mm. but I think there's enough there where I, I like that price at fifty six hundred. You know, more offensive responsibility is on him now. So that that's, I think it's a very good alongside TJ
2: Warren at 7,300 and Michael Beasley at 5,000 Murray at 5,600 at the point guard spot is one of the better value plays overall on tonight's slate. and I I feel pretty good about that. We'll move quickly through our shooting guards because we've talked about them quite a bit. You're on Gary Harris. So I understand that we're going to go all in on the Nuggets guards at this point, although you're not going to go with Will Barton, who was the one guy you had talked yeah, up no, too. Yeah. So Gary Harris at 6,500. I want Chris Milton Doubling down against the Celtics seems like a really bad idea, but <laughs> I think if you look at Middleton's numbers, you're like, oh, wow, when the Bucks do well, Middleton does well. Call me a home uh, home, I was going to say a homeboy, that's not it. You know, I just—I
1: don't think <laughs> I can me, think. I, I can't think of it either. What, what are we looking for? Call here? me a fan of the Bucks.
2: You call, call me a homer.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you yeah, go.
2: there you go. I know, I know. Um, and I, <laughs> I think that Middleton's going to do well. I think the Bucks are going to do well against the Celtics squad that is number one in the Eastern Conference. They obviously won twenty games for a reason, and they were on that extended win streak for a reason because they're really good defensively. But I'll take Bledsoe at seven thousand and uh, Milton at seven thousand because I both think that they're kind of lower priced for what I know they can provide. And then I also want Devin Booker at 7,000. To me, this is one of the better shooting guard options when we're talking 7K players. Come on. All the different scoring options that the Suns are lacking right now, and we have Devin Booker against a uh, 76ers team, and he's at 7k. I'm all on board with that.
1: I love me some Devin Booker always. You know, yeah. last year, couple years, it's always been, you know, he's just a one-trick pony with his shooting, but he's doing everything this year. He's he's definitely improved overall his game as a whole. So I, I love that play almost any single night. Especially, you know, 7000 is pretty pretty um, you know, decent for that for well, that guy. When you guy. look at
2: a guy like Tyreek Evans who's in your lineup at 7400, Evans is higher priced than Bledsoe. I'm sorry, higher price than Booker, but Booker gives you so much more of a ceiling. I think in this case,
1: I think it's it's debatable just because of what Evans has, how good Evans has been this year. Like it's it definitely came out of nowhere. You know, coming into the season, someone would have told me what Evans has been doing. I'd be yeah, right. You know, that guy's not even close to that (laughs) good. Um, I think you're right. Booker probably still has the higher upside, Mm -hmm. Um, but Evans, he's just he gets so many minutes now. There's no one there. Conley's out. Chalmers is they've kind of shifted him back to the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Evans has started the last three games at point guard. He nearly had 60 Fandle points on Saturday. You know, that shows what he can do. Like I said, you know, with Murray, I don't expect Evans to have put up you know, that 60 Fandle points every single night. Um, but I just think that's, that's 7,400, decent, you know, middle, upper tier-ish. Um, I like it. I think that's a, that's a good price for the, probably one of the few guys I'd like in that Memphis-Minnesota you know, matchup.
2: At small four, we both kind of had the same strategy. I went a little bit more expensive than you with T.J. Warren. I am stacking that Sun 76ers game. I want to make sure I at least got a little bit of a piece of it. At 7,300, I understand Robert Covington, and how good of a defensive player he is and how important he is to the 76ers. I also understand that they don't have a lot of scoring options, they being the Suns. And at 7,300, I'll take Warren. I'll take Booker. We're giving me that bit of a higher ceiling with that floor that I like so much. And I also want Kelly Oubre. He's probably He was my last pick. I was trying to find a way to get Jonathan Simmons in my lineup and just didn't work. So Uber at 48, 4900 he gets a bit of a depreciated price because he's playing the Jazz, but he's been getting around 25 to 28 minutes a night. And I think as a result, I feel pretty good about him getting 25 points. You want price, uh Prince and Alan Crabb, really kind of the same player on bad teams playing yeah. against one another. So I thought that was kind of interesting when I looked at that. But I don't think there is really much that needs to be said about both of them, given we kind of know what they are and what they are in relation to the team at this point.
1: Yeah, both simil- similarly, similarly, you know, priced players in that middle tier. Um, Crab worries me a lot more than Prince does. Crab's kind of been super inconsistent with what he's done. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd like him a lot better if he was like five thousand flat. Um, still, you know, he, he can score when he when he's on. He, he can score a lot pretty quickly. Um, in in like I mentioned at the start of the pod, these are two very very poor teams. Not a lot of defense is going to be played. So. I think those are two guys that you're definitely willing to to take a shot at in that, in that middle tier.
2: I then paid down for small forward. At least we're about mid-tier. Again, we talked a lot about Michael Beasley with Porzingis out. I think he's a great value at 5000 Thad Young at 5700 is another great value, in my opinion. We're going against each other here. I think Beasley and Young are going to both get rebounds, and they're going to get points. So I feel confident about using them. You went Ben Simmons. He is your highest-priced guy at 10500 Something about that Suns game, you are on board with attacking it as well for a matchup-wise, right?
1: Yeah, I think Simmons should have a field day, you know. Um, no McConnell, not not someone that—Simmons is going to be on the ball even more than usual. Um, I, I think this is just a chalk play. I think he's, he's so—the the matchup's so good, and, and Simmons has played so well this season. I think this is a perfect time to pay up for him.
2: Well, and to follow your reasoning, that's exactly why I paid up for him beat at 10400 I did go the high price option route for the center spot. I like that. I think that Embiid's going to give you that if he just gets over 32 minutes. Give me 32 plus minutes, and I'll give you a guy that's going to get at least 50 Fanduel points, especially against a Suns team that could be without Alex Len. Could see a guy like well, not I'm not going to say unathletic because everyone in the NBA is un, is athletic, but Tyson Chandler who's on the older side, Greg Monroe who's on the bigger side as far yeah, as taller yeah. goes. I like Embiid and what he's going to be able to provide. So we both picked high price Suns options or 76ers options. We just want a different route. Right. And then of course for center, you did go with Miles Plumley and you also went with Michael Beasley at Power Forward. So kind of the same along along the same lines as far as value plays go. Uh well that does it for us in the Monday 11 game slate. We always talk about how we want some compliments in iTunes and Stitcher. It's great. I know I've seen a few trickle in as I've been going and checking, so keep it up. I know Ben really likes it a lot. And we love the Twitter engagement too. Keep complimenting Ben, even though the spec that he lost to me, Mr. <laughs> 250. Uh, we'll get back to that again. Uh, we'll be putting our lineups out at 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off or so. We love the fact that we're on FanDuel as well. We love everything we get with that. I like the fact that I could finally beat you in FanDuel, too. That's, you know, I'm fantastic. starting to like
1: it a little less now that I'm losing. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. kidding. Funny how that works out. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree.
2: Right. I mean, they've been pricing things pretty appropriately, too. In fact, more so at times. And I think that adds a little bit of intrigue to the site as well. So it's just, it's my preferred uh, DFS site. I'm not just saying that because I have to say that. It, it's truthful as far as I like FanDuel a lot when it comes to nba but also nfl and if you want to listen to the nfl recap podcast with me and joe, joe pisapia that's already out that's already up on twitter on rotowire I've been tweeted out already and of course if you want a free six-month rotowire subscription go to fanduel.com slash rw and put your first deposit down will you'll get that free six-month subscription and you'll also get an entry into the nfl sunday million dollar maker which of course the name states has one million dollars in cash prizes that does it for us Monday's Love and Game Slate, Joe Pisapia and I will be talking on the NFL stuff. And of course, Ben and I will be back Wednesday to talk some more NBA DFS podcasts. So until then, best of luck to you guys.